do like how kind of absurdly long it is for what we do. Yeah. <laughs> longer than it needs to be, but I like it. It's all right. Great song. Oh, yeah. It was a good song. I listen to that more. I know. I want to hear that at least 150 more times. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to Super Duperstitious, the paranormal podcast about uh, strangeness, weirdness, and science. Science-ness. Yes. We look at the weird world of the paranormal and supernatural and just bizarre, and we try and break it down with some science. Exactly. And uh, we can I, never ooh. say it in just a straight voice. <laughs> no, no, indeed. <laughs> Every week you can come back for a new introductory tagline, that and, too. like sort of a <laughs> mission statement. <laughs> um, I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And uh, this is our 25th episode. 25th episode. It's a big but day. It, it's a bigger day because it also marks the one year anniversary since we started <gasps> recording the is show. Is this actually the one year? Yesterday was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yesterday was the... Uh, was the. I was we, wondering about that. I'm like, when did this... When did we do this we last year? We finished... So it, yeah, we um we released the first episode in October, the first Thursday of October, <laughs> but we started, we started recording it in like I think February or guys, something of last put year. In so March. much work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it took a while to just get around to making it. It all wasn't happen, because we were busy. <laughs> yes, no, we were just working hard the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Um, we finished recording the first episode on April first of last year. Wow, no fooling. No fooling <laughs> so we um uh in honor of our sort of milestone um uh recording here figured we kind of do a sort of you know kind of look back at our our original topic from the first episode the uh, yes indeed instant classics instant as it were classics, and maybe try variations on that yes indeed so, uh, without any kind of update bullshit that we i know we both have <laughs> Enough of the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into some different bullshit. That's right. <laughs> and you have a story, don't you, Wyatt? I do. Yeah. Lay it on me, my, my friend. <laughs> All right. So, yes, as today is kind of a soft mirror to that first ep... You better believe I'm going to dive us all back into another regional Bigfoot case. Um, this time we have the Florida Skunk Ape, a.k.a. Mayaka Skunk Ape. Ah. Uh, so what is it? The Skunk Ape, a.k.a. Swamp Cabbage Man, <laughs> a.k.a. Swamp Ape, also known as Stink Ape, Big Stinky Doodle Butt, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, the thing is often uh, smelled before seen. Um, now, as I recall, our uh, our friend the Cowman also smelled quite badly. It is a running theme, it's true. Hmm. Um, and there's actually an interesting idea that was put forward by this guy i'll get to him later so i'll drop his name at that point but has to do with sort of chemo signaling amongst apes okay so smells as communication cool well i'll cease to blow up your spot for a bit here then blow up the spot as much as you like my good sir but also do cease so despite many reports of the so-called swamp squatch lurking out in the swamps of florida and neighboring southeast states it obviously remains scientifically unconfirmed, but it's still one of my sort of uh, favorite of the North American Sasquatch, you know, flavors? chapters, flavors, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> if we can uh, accept the possibility of a large group of very gigantic and highly intelligent apes, we can sort of think of the skunk ape as maybe a localized species or ecotype hmm. limited to the south and southeast. I think so, we'll get back to our original discussion back in the first episode. 
I don't accept. That I don't accept. Yes, of, uh, of I refute, but still, and happy I to let you uh, try and convince me. Yeah. Well, today we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I uh, I remain skeptical myself, but I let's just call me uh, enthusiastic and skeptical at the okay. same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't real. I love it. It's really out there. No, it's not, but it is. <laughs> So I have two parts to my segment today. Um, the first is a kind of fun report that I dug up from BFRO, the Bigfoot Research Organization. A book report? Um, submitted by a guy who describes a pretty intense run-in with one of these things. And the second is a very well-known pair of images along with an anonymous letter that was submitted to the Sarasota Springs Police Department coming on 20 years ago now, but it right. remains one of the more... Um, well-known kind of is it a hoax is it not bits of quote-unquote evidence let's was put it, it addressed that way. from hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just a jack the ripper thing for some reason reporting a bigfoot sighting so let's dive in first the account uh the year is 2012 uh the season is winter this is in january and it's the 15th we're in florida in lake county i'm about to uh embark on my final semester of college oh nice and you would be in Vermont at the That's time. That's right. Mm. See, I know you a little bit. I know where you went to college. I know everything about you. <laughs> All right. So the account begins. I want to start out by saying that I have never discussed this with anyone except for one other person. I have not discussed it with my wife, my best friend, or any other person close to me in my life. I was fortunate to have a coworker who had many years ago shared a similar personal experience that he had in Utah. He's the only person with whom I have shared my experience. I also want to say that what I'm about to describe to you has tormented me for the last several months. I cannot emphasize enough how this encounter has affected me emotionally. Thanks to the encouragement of a fantastic confidant, I am now coming forward to report the incident as a step toward putting it behind me and getting on with my life. I did not ask for this, and had the event been within my control... I would have absolutely chosen not to have the experience. You and I, meanwhile, do ask yeah. for this one. <laughs> We're like, please give us this experience. <laughs> we want this. Yeah, we say that now, right? We're um, within our control. We would uh, yeah. make this happen. <laughs> Potentially immediately regret it, but still not regret it. Um, so, right, he goes on. My life was perfectly fine with my previous view of reality, as incomplete and skewed as it may have been. I grew up in a very rural setting and have always loved the outdoors and being in nature. I love to spend time in the beautiful wetlands and forests of Florida's vast, uninhabited wilderness areas. Monday through Friday, I work as an executive in a very large multinational corporation based in Orlando, Florida. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it rhymes with Disney. <laughs> um, and it kind of looks like it, too. Uh, being shut up in an office building throughout the week makes me stir crazy. My life is a very high-stress environment with responsibilities that include a multi-million dollar P&L. What's that sound for again? Um, pickles and lettuce. That's a terrible sandwich. A multi-million dollar pickle and lettuce sandwich in oversight of approximately 1,000 employees. My weekends are often spent decompressing in nature through hiking or canoeing, especially in the winter months when the temperature is more comfortable. On the morning of Sunday, January 15th, I was visiting friends in Lake Mack, Florida, which is a very small community located in a rural area of central Florida, about 10 miles west of Delland, and about 30 miles from my home. He goes on to give very exact directions as to how to reach the area he's going to be talking <laughs> about. I'm not going to read all that. It's like, also, I think it's um, profit and loss, possibly, is what this stands for. Hmm, okay. Cool. I don't know. 
I'll, I'll take your word for it. It That's, sounds businessy, so I assume it's right. It also sounds like an even weirder sandwich than pickles and lettuce. <laughs> um, having never been to the Lake Mac prior to the 15th, I had earlier looked at the Google Maps application installed on my BlackBerry to get directions. I noticed that the Ocala National Forest was just across the road and saw that there were Wait, several... Wait, BlackBerry in 2012? <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Keep going. This may have happened before. The... No, this was then. Yeah. Wow. He, he keeps it simple. Well, I mean, I can't talk shit like my cell phone. I thought um, he was a business guy. BlackBerry keeps it simple and organized for right. the multi-million dollar P&L handling businessman in Florida. <laughs> he gets his hands in all kinds of pickles. Also, do you, are there other beers in here? No. <laughs> we need at least 15 more beers. Here, let me get that. All right, now we can podcast. He notices the Na- the Ocala National Forest was just across the road and saw there were several forest service roads that crisscrossed the southern portion of the forest. I decided that after my visit, I would go drive through the forest and possibly do some exploring and hiking. I finished up in Lake Mac about noon and drove west on CR 42 for about one mile. And turned right, he goes on to give some explanation as to how he gets on the service road, which to my surprise was a one-lane, very bumpy, unpaved road. Initially, I was very nervous about continuing, but the dirt road was compacted and my car appeared to handle it with no problems. Feeling a bit more comfortable, I continued deeper into the woods. I drove for what I would estimate to be another three miles or so. The road passed through an area that appeared to have been burned in the past by a forest fire, as most of the pines were dead and only a very thick three to five foot layer of saw palmetto and other scrubby bushes covered the ground. In this area, the visibility was better due to the lack of a forest canopy, and I could see the forest line about a mile in the distance. At this point, the road was still good, and so I continued driving until the road left the burn zone and entered the tree line into a heavily forested area. From the burn zone. There were bodies everywhere. Um, I would estimate that after about half uh, half a mile to a whole mile into the forested area, I started to notice an increasing amount of soft sand in the road rather than the hardened, more compacted dirt that I had been driving on previously. I got nervous and decided to turn around to go back out of the forest the like same way that I just, had entered. He drives and he's like, uh-oh, things are different now. I'm very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> There's a slight change in my environment. It makes me curious what yeah, <laughs> what driving with him must be like. The light just turns to red up ahead. He's like sweating bullets. <laughs> what do I do? We should go back. Um, let me see. So this guy's getting nervous because his car is doing stuff. Sand. Sand. Turns his car around. He's coming back the same way he came in. As he begins to head back, at that moment, I felt the car sink into the sand. I quickly oh, steered quick left okay. up on... Yeah, there were hands reaching up out of the ground. <laughs> um, I quickly steered left up on the side of the road so that I could get turned around. I was able to get the car turned in the opposite direction, but when I moved forward about a foot, the car sank deeper. I tried for some period of time to get unstuck, but ended up only digging the tires deeper and deeper into the sand. It dawned on me what a stupid idea it was to bring my car into the backcountry. Lesson learned. So here I was, in one of the wildest and most remote areas in the state of Florida, completely stranded and all alone. This car being swallowed (laughs) into the the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to try to dig out the wheels. I was down on my knees next to the front driver's side tire, digging the sand with my hands. After a few minutes of this, I stood upright to stretch my back out of the hunched position I had been in. 
When I stood up, a rock pelted me, and a shooting pain went through the inside of my left thigh near the groin area, which caused me to jump back and yelp in pain. He got hit in the nuts. (laughs) Because I was leaning forward against the fender of the car, the rock bounced off my leg and onto the hood of the car, and then slid slowly down the hood and onto the sand. Which, to my relief, told me that it was not a bullet or snake bite. I've gotten shot by a snake. (laughs) (laughs) What snake threw that rock at me? (laughs) Sorry, that bullet was covered in snake venom. (laughs) You're in trouble now. I immediately looked toward the forest on the other side of the road from where the rock came, and perceived movement in the bushes. At this point, I did not see the creature, but did see movement in the branches and leaves of the shrubs, grasses, and soft palmetto. The movement was enough to convince me that someone or something was there and that it, whatever it was, was the source of the rock. It created the rock. Yeah. Were you the source of the rock? (laughs) (laughs) Unsure of what to do, I stood there for about 30 seconds and checked my surroundings, including the road to the east and west and the forest that was immediately behind me. After I turned back from looking into the trees behind me, I heard movement in the forest behind me. What? I'm getting the sense that the stuff that happened was behind him. I... I also get that sense. (laughs) The sound that I heard was the sound of leaves and sticks being crushed on the ground, as if someone took one step and then stopped. The sound appeared to come from about 15 feet in the woods behind me. (laughs) So now at this point, I had perceived movement in the woods on both sides of the road immediately in front of and behind me. (laughs) I looked back again into the trees behind me. We gotta make this into a drinking game now, I think. <laughs> Where the noise originated, but saw nothing. I feel I feel disoriented now. <laughs> um, at this point, the fear struck me pretty hard. Several things crossed my mind, such as wild hogs, bears, and coyotes. But none of those animals, obviously, to my knowledge, were capable of throwing rocks. Then the thought crossed my mind that perhaps there were a couple of people who had decided to have a little fun at my expense. So I called out into the forest... Who's there? This isn't funny. I need help getting my car out of the sand behind me. Just kidding. Please help me. (laughs) And so on. I heard nothing in reply and saw no movement. With the fear mounting and my thoughts turning more toward protection rather than getting my car unstuck, I remembered that I had a can of UDAP in my backpack in the trunk. Uh, UDAP. I'm not sure what that stands for. Probably some kind of pepper spray thing. Yeah. The previous summer, I had hiked part of the Appalachian Trail in Tennessee and North Carolina and had purchased a couple of cans of UDAP for that trip. I walked around the back of the car. Are you sure it's not U to P? It may be U to P. <laughs> I wish he would reference it again in his story so I could use that. Um, I walked around the back of the car, opened the trunk, and pulled out my backpack. When I slammed the trunk shut, I again heard movement in the trees on the south side of the road and the location from which the rock had been thrown. I looked to my right and began unzipping the backpack when the creature started to make a hissing sound, though up to this point I still had not visually identified the animal. It was a very loud hissing sound, similar to what you might hear from a feral cat that is being cornered, only much, much louder and deeper. It then started to alternate between a hiss and a vocalization that sounded like, So the sound it was making was a protracted hiss. Hiss. It's probably a lot scarier sounding than that. With an intermittent, intermittent, deeper gurgling sound interspersed throughout. Hiss. 
why we can't be relied on to write horror movies or anything. No. Oh, we my God. Seriously enough. It's very silly. Um, hearing this put me into flight mode, so obviously it sounded scary, um, <laughs> and I immediately got in the car and locked the doors. When I slammed the door, I looked across the passenger seat out through the passenger side window and saw the creature about 15 feet into the woods as it got up and stood up on two legs. It was out of view previously, as I was able to later conclude, because it had been in a completely prostrate position. In about prostrate. Prostrate? He misspelled that. Prostrate position is pretty funny, isn't it, though? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, in a completely prostrate position. <laughs> Maybe he did mean prostrate position. I mean, I don't know. It would uh, count for some of those sounds, probably. Um, <laughs> Jake, what are you doing? Um, in or behind about three or four feet of saw palmetto. So it had been like straight lying down before. Mm. I saw its head rise up first, then its back. Then it appeared to go on all fours and finally pushed itself up with its long arms and two le- onto two legs. I briefly saw its side profile as it did not turn and face me directly, but rather stood up facing east and parallel to the road. Once it rose up completely on two legs, its head was obscured by the tree branches above, while at the same time its feet and legs were obscured by the saw palmetto and other bushes below. So at this point I was looking at its torso through about a three to four foot clearing between the scrub below and the branches above. Something I do without uh, joke intended appreciate about his story is just how kind of um, frank it, uh, like, you know, basic details he's got yeah, throughout. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier too, like he was going into so much detail about where he's going, how he got there, but right. he's giving just the facts, all the facts, like in his head maybe he's thinking, I don't know if any of this is relevant, but if it is, right. here's what happened, here's where it happened, here's how it happened. Right, he's clearly had enough of an experience that he's like, I want to detail this for you here. Yes. He's not getting artful with it at all in terms right. of how he's describing it. He's not trying to make it into a spooky story. It's just this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Exactly. Because, again, I think that the point of all these accounts, at least at the BFRO site, is to help them do further follow-up investigations. And you get yeah. plenty of accounts that are just like, I heard something in the woods, and it made a big bump noise. <laughs> They're like, we followed up with him, and uh, that's about all there was to it. That's the other <laughs> thing I really appreciate about the site. They always follow up with uh, intriguing tales. That's cool. So, carrying on. He is now seeing the thing. To say the least, I was completely petrified. I was locked in my car, but absolutely did not feel safe at all. I would estimate that the creature was about eight feet tall. It was extremely bulky across the bust, with very muscular arms, and I have no doubt that it could have easily busted out the windows and ripped me to shreds if it so desired. It stood there for what I would estimate to be about three seconds. I also observed what would commonly be described as a quote-unquote love handle around the side (laughs) of the belly area and back. That's another cool detail, I think. Yeah. I mean, the creature's hair was black and gray in color and was slicked down against the lighter skin, which could be seen in some places through what appeared to be wet hair. The hair was very thick on the arms and shoulders, but less so around the side belly and back areas. It appeared to be wet because the hair was slicked down against the skin. He kind of repeats himself, but so what? After standing there for approximately three seconds, it it hunched forward and walked east in parallel to the road and was immediately out of sight in the trees. Just before the first step, when the creature hunched forward, it put its hands forward to grab onto some branches, which allowed me to get a glimpse of its right hand. From what I could see, the top of the hand and arm was very hairy. It was about three inches of hair. It had about three inches of hair hanging down from the wrist area, and was lo- that was longer than the rest of the hair on its arm. One thing that stood out to me: when the arm swung up, I noticed the palm area was much lighter than the rest of the arm, almost a light gray or even off-white color. 
hmm. which was in stark contrast to the much darker hair that covered the other areas of the arm, torso, and back. As it swam through the bushes, I could see the trees move and shake as it moved forward through the woods along the side of the road. It walked through the scrub for what I would estimate to be about 15 or 20 feet and then stopped, again, completely obscured from my view. Also, the hissing and other vocalization had stopped at this point, and everything was completely quiet. After about a minute had passed of no further movement, I saw a tiny dark portion of the creature peek out from behind a pine tree that was growing near the side of the road about 15 or 20 feet in front of me. I could not perceive any detail at this point whatsoever, just that it was hiding and peeking from behind the tree. It appeared to be crouching down because the peak appeared to be about three or maybe four feet up the side of the pine tree from the base of the tree on the ground. It was obvious to me that the creature had previously responded to the slamming of the car door and trunk. Not knowing what else to do, I laid down on the horn and started opening and slamming the, shut the driver's side door, hoping that such nuisance noises would drive it out of the area. It did, in fact, evoke a response, but not the one I was hoping for. <laughs> I just threw, like, a boulder through the front of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After about 15 seconds of door slamming and horn honking, the creature lumbered slowly on all fours in a sort of crouched position from behind the tree onto the side of the road, right along the tree line. I quickly slammed the door shut. As soon as the door slammed shut, the creature reared back and flung a softball-sized amount of slimy, brown, lumpy material that was about the consistency and color of wet peanut butter, all over the hood of the car. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. You got the treatment, my friend. It slid down the hood and onto the sand in front of the car, leaving a wet residue on the hood. It then put its arms forward, moving out of the crouched, crouched position, and then quickly crossed the road in front of me, using both its arms and legs to walk on all fours, just like a four-legged animal. It looked back at me briefly and then disappeared into the tree line on the opposite side of the road. Again, this reminds me a bit of large apes. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of the All Masty video that was purportedly real and convincing to see, in my opinion. All Masty? Was that the one? That was the one in Russia. Yeah, that was cool. But again, all this so far reads to me as large ape being defensive. Yeah. One thing I noticed at this point is that the creature was completely soaking wet from head to toe. When it flung the material at the car, I saw water drops shake off of the arm. It was very wet with a hair laying slicked to the skin, much like what you might see with a wet, long-haired dog. The face of the creature was a dark gray color with very large, dark eyes. It had a very large mouth with extremely large, fat lips. The nose was human-like with one exception, which was large, slightly flared nostrils. The nose did not protrude off of its face in proportion to a human's, but was flatter and more sunken. The creature looked like an ape, but with facial features, especially the nasal area, that were very similar to those of humans. I resumed honking the horn, but did not open the door, because it did not. I did not have eye contact with it, and further, knew that it was now in the forest on the same side of the road where I was sitting in the driver's seat. I did not want to give it the advantage of an open door should it decide to jump out of the woods to my immediate left and attack the car. About one minute after disappearing into the tree line, the creature re-emerged, this time walking completely upright on two legs, just like a human. It paused at the tree line for a second and then took one huge step back across the road. The creature, to my shock and horror, was carrying along a quote-unquote child of the same creature. It had both arms of the smaller creature grasped in its right hand and was dangling the juvenile along by its side with the legs of the smaller creature almost touching the ground. The smaller creature appeared to be completely limp from the neck down, but its eyes were open and it was moving its head and looking toward the trees to which it was being carried. So it's just ragged on, like, okay, mom, you can carry me. Yeah, I'm over it. After crossing the road, the creature paused at the tree line on the opposite side 
lifted the juvenile up onto its hip and continued into the scrub. Just before disappearing, the small creature wrapped its legs around the back and stomach and clung to the creature's chest with its arms. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Basically, it was carrying the smaller creature in the same way that a human would carry a child on the hip. It did not reemerge from that point forward, nor did I see any sign or hint of it again. I would estimate that the smaller creature was about three feet tall. It was also a different color than the adult, with the child being more of a light brown, with possibly some hints of a red and blonde versus the black and gray color of the adult. One thing that stood out about the child is that it appeared to be very, very thin, almost to the point of appearing emaciated. Hmm. I could actually see the outline of its ribs through the skin and hair that covered it. I sat petrified in my car for about an hour until I looked up and saw two hunters driving jeeps down the road toward me. They were kind enough to pull my car out of the sand and quickly got me going on my way out of the forest. Once I got on Highway 44, I left the area at about 85 miles per hour and never looked back. <laughs> Those are naughty boy speeds for a <laughs> million dollar handling <laughs> package and loan. Um, I was in a state of complete shock over what I had experienced. Prior to this experience, I was not a Bigfoot believer. However, how wrong was I? Researchers follow up to legitimize, and that's that. Hmm. So to go with accounts like this, I actually lied. I do have some things to play through uh, audio if you like. Well, why not? Um, I have two videos for us today. Okay. Should I come around over and see? Yeah. Would you? I guess that's the only way to see, so I should come around. <laughs> we got silly-ass music. They're just telling <laughs> us about when this guy got to where he was to film this. Basically, he's canoeing through the Everglades kind of region, mm-hmm. uh, swamp, and um, comes upon what he thinks is a bear, but as he realizes it's a little weird, he starts filming it. Alrighty. So I'm just cutting to the chase here. Oh, full screen, not shit. Mm-hmm. Alright, I see the movement there in the middle of the screen. Looks like it's kind of reaching down into the water, right? Yeah. Hmm. He makes a loud-ass noise. Oh. Oh. Jumps that thing's in. big. And it just Whoa. Sort of lumbers off. Huh. So, that's about that. That's really cool, though. They'll have a zoomed-in version in a minute, yeah. if you care to watch it again. Uh, why the hell not? The so. motion of the hand is very... Grabbing some water okay. is what I think it's doing. Is oh, leaning yeah. over oh, to damn. lift water up to its mouth, to right? To drink it. Yeah, that's so... Before, I couldn't tell what I was looking at like, as right. far as what part was what. Now that looks very much like what you're describing. He slaps the water slaps as soon the water. as the guy makes that noise. Gets then up. he hops down in and he's just like, fucking, I'm out of here. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. The arms seem really long. They do. The and the creature seems very tall. It does. It seems huge. Um, so that's one. Huh. People have called this a hoax, which is fair. If it is, it's it's a very well done one. As far as it's not overdone, it's um, it's pretty cool. Right. And it's also like... It's just, yeah, the details of it are... It's an enjoyable watch, for It's sure. an enjoyable watch. And so there's that, and then we also have this one, which is even more intriguing, in my opinion. So this guy is a hunter. He His story is he was sitting in, you know, his usual, like, hog hunting spot, waiting for the sun to go down, because mm-hmm. I guess it's that, that crepuscular time of day that he mm-hmm. has his best luck he's sitting there and then he suddenly hears some movement turns and thinks oh is that a bear and then wait a second hmm so it's a little shitty at first wait for it okay so that tree oh, oh i see moving by that tree see how you might think it's a bear it's pretty dark 
Oh, oh, it's just like ripping off stuff from the tree. Look at those arms. They're, it looks so, wow, it looks like a gorilla or something. It exactly does, doesn't it? And that movement was so... Uh, so he, he... Yeah. The video pauses for just a second because he's just like... And he like stops it and then starts it again. Yeah. So now he gets up. There's more to... So, wow. Splash. Things rooting around inside of a trunk, it looks like. Yeah, it's like pulling off parts of the bark and reaching around inside the... The hollow part of the tree. Boy, oh, that would be so fascinating, but so scary at the same right. time. And so he's kind of just watching it. There's not much that we can see being moving, but... You can see it's still right it's there. Sort of it's sort of moving it's, around it's on up it. up to something. It's back, yeah. too, so we can't see what it's getting up to. You can see it's got two arms that it's able to use to manipulate around the tree. Yeah. It's throwing stuff aside, so it's maybe rooting around for, like, grubs or something. Yeah. The guy's still just keeping his cool. And the, oh, wow. Yeah, that looks so much like a gorilla. Huh. It kind of, it didn't quite stand up, but it kind right. of got up off of its haunches a little bit. But it's still Rooting around. working on that tree. I could see this being a person wow. in a suit. Yeah, I could too. Um, It's far enough away that it's hard to really tell and, from the movements. But, but I will say just now, if we just saw its hands a little bit, you don't mind my going back? Yeah, yeah, sure. The white, the grayish white, did you see there? Yeah, the lighter color palms. That goes thing. so much with that dude's story yeah. that he told. And also most, most like, you know, gorilla suits or whatever, they don't have that. They have like, you know, all uniform color right. to the rubber or whatever. So it's a very, you know, small detail that wouldn't be, oh, it's just it's stood up. And the dude's just like, He's like nope, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> So this is him running, but that's that. So, so yeah, it, that last part of it does kind of make me think more. All right, hoax, just based on the fact that the moment it stands up, where you can actually see it, he gets out of there. Whereas he seemed fine it's watching true. it the whole time. But at the same time, I could, you know, yeah, I could see, you know, once it stands upright, like, oh shit, okay, it could actually get over here fast. If, if one of it to. sees me, basically, yeah, yeah. I feel so, that too. It's th- uh, this I can is go another, either way with it. I guess I, I feel the same way. Just like you're saying, it could easily be a hoax. Though, if it is a hoax, it's it's done extremely well. Yes. Same as the other one. They're both very... They're not like, like oh, that's obviously fake or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool. Like, and if it is a hoax, it's a well-done one where I appreciate the effort that went into it. Exactly. Exactly. And if not, then interesting Shit. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, the behavior of the creatures in, or the, the subjects, let's put it that way, in both videos is very... Um, to to hoax it like that, you'd have to really do your research. You'd into, have to know a bit about yeah, yeah, exactly. And further, you'd have to conceive of such a benign scene. Yeah, you know, to, no, to have all that planning to put into getting a big suit to do all these things. People usually want to make have some a big kind of, sensational moment. Exactly. Whereas in this case, it's like oh no, it's just some just witnessing an animal doing an animal thing. Right. Like who's going to spend seven hundred upwards of seven hundred dollars to get the suit to go? Okay, grab some water out and then hop in and walk away. Yeah. Dude, I spent... No, I want to chase you. I want to, like, you know, <laughs> punch your tent or something, man. <laughs> um, so, anyway, those are intriguing. Um, but most intriguing for me are the skunk ape photos Ooh. and the anonymous letter with which they were submitted. So, back around 2000, a letter with two photos is anonymously mailed to the Sarasota, Florida... Uh, police department again much like these videos we've just seen the whole package makes for another great example of either an amazing hoax Mm -hmm. or some very compelling evidence 
Cool. All right. So I have them up. Let me do them in series. So the first is... Oh, oh I've seen that one you've before. You've likely seen these before. Yeah. So here's a good one. So in the image, we have what looks like, you know, a large ape. It could easily be a suit. Mm-hmm. There's eye shine. Its mouth is open. It's sort of hiding a bit behind saw palmettos. We can see its arm is quite long for its body size. It has kind of a sort of grayish beard thing. Yeah, almost a beard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, it's got its mouth open. We can see teeth and even a tongue inside. Um, and it's kind of hunched down but looking straight at the camera. Mm-hmm. In the second image... It has moved slightly away. Uh, that's still the first one. Mm-hmm. This is as good as I can get right now. Okay, so it's, but it's it kind of up stepped some. back a bit. Um, I haven't seen the. Yeah, I've only seen that first one before. But we can. There's actually closer up views of this, much like in that first. Yeah, they've been shopped so that we can get a closer view. Here we go. So in the second one, it's a bit dimmer because it's now moved away from the camera. Yeah. Um, but still, the person's camera flash still causing an eye shine. Very strong eye shine. Eyebrow, the brows are very visible. Its mm. eyes are sunken. The nose seems very flat. I um, do like that one that's comparing that to an orangutan. And I'll actually space. get to that soon as well. But yes, exactly this. So the the features are very much like an orangutan. And a primate uh, primatologist has um, identified where um, an orangutan's face very much corresponds with the face of whatever is in this photo. Um, so there you have it. Those are submitted along with this letter, which I will read now. Alrighty. Ooh, just happened to glimpse on your page on your page there. That's from Lauren Coleman's website. Yes. Yeah, so he sort of adopted this in many ways, and he's to be thanked for getting this guy to do that side by side. Lauren, if you're listening, we'd love to interview you. Yes, please. We live but an hour away. We are nearby. We're very interested to hear your thoughts on the world. So the letter goes again. Submitted to the police department. Shows up someday. Dear sir or madam, enclosed, please find some pictures I took in late September or early October of 2000. My husband says he thinks it is an orangutan. Is someone missing an orangutan? It is hard to judge from the photos how big this orangutan really is. It is in a crouching position in the middle of standing up from where it was sitting. It froze as soon as the flash went off. I didn't even see it as I took the first picture because it was so dark. As soon as the flash went off for the second time, it stood up and started to move. I then heard the orangutan walk off into the bushes. From where I was standing, I judge it as being about six and a half to seven feet tall in a kneeling position. As soon as I realized how close it was, I got back to the house. It had an awful smell that lasted well after it had left my yard. The orangutan was making deep whoop noises it sounded much further away (laughs) thank you it sounded much further away than it turned out to be if i had known it was as close to the hedge roll as it was i wouldn't have walked up as close as i did i'm a senior citizen and if this animal had come out of the hedge roll after me there wasn't a thing i could have done about it i was about 10 feet away from it when it stood up i'm concerned because my grandchildren like to come down and explore in my backyard an animal this big could hurt someone seriously For two nights prior, it had been taking apples that my daughter brought down from up north off our back porch. These pictures were taken on the third night it had raided my apples. It only came back one more night after that and took some apples that my husband had left out in order to get a better look at it. We left out four apples. I cut two of them in half. The orangutan only took the whole apples. We didn't see it take them. We waited up, but eventually had to go to bed. We got a dog back there now, and as far as we can tell, the orangutan hasn't been back. 
Please find out where the this animal came from and who it belongs to. It shouldn't be loose like this. Someone will get hurt. I called a friend that used to work with animal control back up north, and he told us to call the police. I don't want any fuss or people with guns traipsing around behind our house. We live near 175, and I'm afraid this orangutan could cause a serious accident if someone hit it. I once hit a deer, and that wasn't even a quarter of the size of this animal, and it totaled my car. At the very least, this animal belongs in a place like Bush Gardens, where it can be looked after properly. Why haven't people been told that an animal this size is loose? How are people to know how dangerous this could be? If I had known an animal like this was loose, I wouldn't have approached it. I saw on the news that monkeys get, that get loose can carry hepatitis and are very dangerous. Please look after the situation. I don't want my backyard to turn into someone else's circus. God bless. I prefer to remain anonymous. So there are two things I really like about that story. One is um, the totally non-paranormal approach to it. Oh, so yeah. there's an orangutan loose. Someone get the orangutan. The second is like, oh, I'm an elderly person, and they are rambling so much like yes. an elderly person might. Like, oh, you know, one time I hit a deer, and it was really terrible. And, oh, I heard on the news that, that you know, different, if a monkey you escapes, get hepatitis. Yeah, like, that's like, their big threat. Is yeah, like, like, oh, no, this could be a problem, because it's a, please see who this belongs to. Why just, like, go back where it's supposed to be? Exactly. And so that could be either the like telltale signs of this being a very genuine case or just a really well done hoax exactly and so you've you've already kind of you've you've done it for me already in some sense i have six points for me that are potentially invalidating and six points that are rather compelling all right nail me with them and wait, you wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, buddy, turn off the mics um wait no them. keep them on <laughs> um so i'm gonna start with the things that made me go eh, yeah nah. anonymous the hoaxer's delight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a feasible first move in legitimizing the mystery of your story. But they also mail a Guy Fox mask with the letter. Yeah, exactly. Remember, remember to call the animal department, please. <laughs> um, prevents easy tracebacks. So who wrote this? We'll never know. Yeah. Um, so that already is kind of like, well, you know, what? why do you have to hide mm-hmm. if you're just trying to talk about an animal report? Making the argument that, oh, we don't want people, like, traipsing around our backyard, but... Yeah, I guess. Still. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess. It could be counter-argued. Uh, ultimately, I want to believe this, so I'm... Oh, for sure. ...happy to uh, have these shot down. Um, number two, why are you leaving your fucking daughter's apples in your backyard? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it strikes me as a strange thing to do, and, like, a weird kind of bait set up for the story... Yeah. Like, yeah, we just left the apples out in the yard where any animal could come and eat them. Like, are We you... know it was the orangutan that got them. Yes. But only the ones we didn't cut in half. Yes. <laughs> so that's a little... But again, old people. Um, <laughs> Florida. Um, the creature in the images could just be a very highly detailed suit to go along with a hoax. Yep. Um, looking closely at the images as well, there's a palm frond bit that appears to be stuck to the creature's face. Hmm. Um, I'll, if you want to take a quick peek. Sure. This is something that has bothered me since I first looked at these images. So there's this frond here. Okay. On his mouthy mouth. (laughs) And then it's still like, it's like a mustache on his face. Huh. It like sticks on him. That's odd. And maybe it's just trapped on his lip. But yeah, if it was like eating them or something, it would be in its mouth, not up on the top of its mouth like that. That's he, kind of a weird place for it. Perhaps also, if assuming this is an intelligent large ape, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it is holding up a frond to try to say, be we like. We can't see what its left arm is doing. It's obscuring, trying to obscure its face and just be like, 
You can't they see still, me. Do they still fucking see me? <laughs> um, so that's, you know, but that's a thing. Um, to the same end, the aspect of it being just a suit has been supported by uh, primate specialist uh, Mitsuko Choden from Japan, who has gone on record stating that these images show nothing more than a very popular costume in Japan hmm. that can come in many different colors and has plastic teeth built in and all this kind of thing. Where can we get that suit? That's awesome. It's an awesome suit, right? And I've searched around online and could not find it anywhere. Yeah. Maybe the internet is just blocking you from that premium Japanese stuff. <laughs> um, number four, why just two photos? I feel like if you had a camera in hand and you started snapping pictures of this thing, mm-hmm. Why stop? I mean, I can understand maybe a little delayed shock and terror, though. Once you notice yeah. what you're doing, you're just like, what, what the fuck? I don't want to anger this thing. Like, And also, if it just turned to go really fast, maybe you're just like, I'm over it. Yeah, and this is also you're not like a, a phone camera where you can just like snap a bunch of pictures really She's fast. She's got her late 90s camera. Exactly, yeah. Late 90s camera with a flash, it's going to be more of a, a thing. Right. And we don't even know if it's a, a, um, a digital camera, so she can't necessarily see on it what she took. Right, it's true. Um, so yeah, she's maybe just getting glimpses of the flashes, Ooh, yeah. which would be much scarier. <laughs> I would be, but that actually brings me to my fifth point, which is the writer seems unusually brave, but maybe that's just old people stuff too. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Like, you know, we haven't, we're not in the same position. Like, Oh, no, oh it's a thing. I've seen so many things. There's another thing I'm seeing. Whatever. Exactly. I mean, she's, she's an older lady, presumably senior, probably born in the, early 1900s meme or something around there maybe yeah. so she's been through some stuff and maybe this is just like oh a big monkey in the backyard that's what we got now okay. how about that and this is florida too where there are a lot of theme parks that do have wild animals that True. should easily have escaped like she mentions bush gardens right it's only one of several places that would have something like that and it was ultimately an alarming enough experience that she was like uh guys handle this now please yeah and then my sixth point is just insofar as this seems like it could be a hoax is as a senior citizen wouldn't you know the scale of an orangutan but also again potentially not you know i mean the largest orangutans only stand about four and a half feet tall then she describes this thing as like what six seven feet while crouched over a bit yeah so but again also if you see something people always exaggerate the size of things they see right true so who knows however if we assume that those saw palmettos are you know, uh, mature palmettos get to be about five to seven feet tall. And mm. that thing looks hunched over and it is cresting over top of them. Yeah. So hmm. main arguments in support, as you've already addressed the writer's frankness and sort of rambling attitude. Yes. Um, there's no attempt to sensationalize. And interestingly enough, I find even if they're misattributing orangutan, they consistently refer to it as one. They never try and say that it's something more right. um, more fantastic than just, oh, a thing that I know of that exists. Right. Um, and the fact that their focus is less on, oh, I saw a monster in my yard, and more so like, we could get hepatitis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want that. Right. Which is like, holy fuck, maybe you did see some shit back yeah. there. The description of the features despite her limited zoological vocabulary. So, you know... Maybe she has no real conception of an orangutan, but her recognition in the face of it, at the very least, is yeah. pretty accurate and pretty justifiable, given oh, yeah. given what we see there. This is actually where I built in that picture you just uh, peeked at over my shoulder on the online right. of the arrows pointing in. It's a very accurate proxy, at least in the face, which isn't to say that it is an orangutan. Obviously, it seems to be much larger, but 
it's ape-like. Yeah. My third point is it's one hell of a suit if it is an ape suit. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is like Universal Studios kind of stuff. Yeah, like, that, that eye shine. also in Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but, I mean, the eye shine is amazing. The fact that it is consistent, too, with the depth. Like, the shine is brighter and then gets dimmer, so it's not like lights in a yeah. suit or something like this. Um, that's pretty convincing and to me. And human eyes don't... Like, yeah, you can get the eye shine from taking flash photos, but not quite like that. Right. We don't have a tapetum lucidum, as we've talked about in previous episodes. Indeed. Um, that particular membrane in our eyes, so it doesn't quite... We, you can get the kind of red eye glare, but it doesn't look like that does. That's more of a wild animal kind of shine. Mm. And then the consistencies with the earlier eyewitness accounts, both that I mentioned today and then others as well from across the country... Yeah of people bumping into these kinds of potential apes where we have darker black with gray for, um, or hair, I suppose, um, the posture, the physicality, the eye shine, as you've just described again, the deep eyes, deep set eyes, huge body, the nose details. It's all there in the images. Further, the photos were submitted to the Eckerd photo lab. This is again, thanks to Lauren's work, um, in Sarasota, Florida. And according to their, efforts they were indeed taken in sarasota county near the mayaka river so they were able to trace it back to where they were so they were if it is a hoax it was at least done in the area that it says it's from that's cool my perhaps favorite feature has to do with uh primate facial features and this is a consideration i first heard put forward by bob gimlin G-Y-M-L-A-N, who's a young guy who's got a YouTube channel pretty much dedicated to Sasquatch research and critical speculation, and he does a really good job of doing his homework, basically, on all these things. I really enjoy his videos. Um, He's got a great breakdown of this particular case, as well as others. Um, He has a nice case for Sasquatch being real video, um, Hmm. as well as a fun and compelling case for Almasty as the Detlove Pass um, antagonist i guess you could say yeah um which you might enjoy uh, just for fun so i highly recommend checking out his stuff and his professed science background is in primate studies and in his video he breaks down the major facial expressions one might expect to see used by a chimpanzee to convey anger happiness fear and other emotional states and the two most relevant are the full-toothed grin or smile which looks just like it sounds. The lips are stretched wide to reveal the teeth in an almost happy-looking kind of grin, grimace kind of face. But the expression rather communicates fear, fear. or submission, exactly. So the grinner is done, wants to show that they've tapped out. And then there's also the scream, hmm. um, which is an appropriately intense-sounding expression, um, though involves no sound necessarily. Uh, the scream is a wide, open-mouthed glare, kind of a... Um, which, Again, this is an auditory medium. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> can I see your face when you make the sound? They can hear my face, though. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Everyone enjoy that? People are just unsubscribing as fast as they can. <laughs> um, throwing away their computers and phones. <laughs> throwing it out the window. Get this fucking thing out of here. <laughs> So if performed on an approach, it conveys heightened aggression of, like, it's go time. Mm. If it performed during a backward or retreating motion, however, retur- uh, conveys just, like, see you later. I'm totally out of here. Yeah, which is what's happening in the photos. You super-duper win. So exactly. Yeah. So in his in his um, assessment of the two images, in the first shot, we see the full-tooth grin of this creature going, like, 
whoa, something crazy is happening. Like, I thought I was bright, hitting... Yeah, bright light suddenly in my eyes. What's Holy going on? Holy shit. And then another one, and they're like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then immediately it lumbers off into the night as her story goes, hmm. as the uh, submitter's story goes. Only so return for some whole apples. To get them apples, baby. <laughs> Once it knew the coast was clear. But So there you have it, my uh, my Akasuna cape. Well, that is some very cool stuff. Woohoo! And I am more convinced now than I have been in the past, Wyatt. I'm you're, gonna, you're wearing me down. I'm going to wear you down. <laughs> <laughs> so that was some very awesome Skunk Ape stuff. Woo! I, I talked forever. <laughs> Hope you guys are still tuned in. <laughs> uh, once again, I have got a post from the subreddit, Our Humanoid Encounters. Mm. In honor of this mini milestone recording, I've gone all in on the jakeness of the stories yeah, I boy. looked for. Go on. Uh, this one is from a couple of weeks ago, submitted by user Reezy124. Reezy. And it's entitled, Something Under the Streetlight. One night, about four or so months ago, two of my close friends were hanging out. We were going around, uh, around town in my truck, just generally living it up. <laughs> At some point during the night, we ended up near my house. We live in a decent-sized suburban town, so houses aren't too far apart. I don't live out in the sticks or anything like that. Where we were, near my house, there's a dead-end road. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go very far, only a block or so. The whole road is populated, with houses being about 100, 200 feet apart. Because of this, the dead end is illuminated by a couple streetlights. We're parked right at the mouth of the dead end, with our car facing uh, down into it. Being bored kids, we decided to smoke a bowl. Okay, maybe a few bowls. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Me and one of the two friends I was with were experienced stoners, but we don't believe the weed impaired our judgment to any extent that we may <laughs> falsify our story. Uh, after about 15 minutes of smoking, one of us noticed something odd under the streetlight down the way. For a moment, I got nervous. I thought it was one of my neighbors, and I didn't want them to catch me smoking. Mm-hmm. That anxiety, however, quickly turned into fear as I got a better look at what we were seeing. Uh, this thing we saw was much taller than any person I'd ever seen. Ooh. It was halfway to two-thirds the height of the streetlight. It was facing away from us. It had absurdly long legs and arms and stood on all fours. The arms were noticeably longer than the legs, as the thing had a slight upward tilt towards the front side. It looked completely hairless, with beige skin illuminated by the streetlight, huh. and it almost resembled a human. Imagine if a human were very, very skinny, and their torso, rather than being vertical, was nearly horizontal. Mm-hmm. Also, pictured the torso being held up, uh, held up high by the limbs. Mm-hmm. After a couple seconds, which felt like minutes, one of my friends made a noise. I wouldn't say it was a scream, but more of a loud, panicked whimper. Kind of a <laughs> the windows of the car were open to <laughs> the windows of the car were open to air out the smoky cab so the thing immediately heard the sound mm-hmm. so the thing immediately heard the sound its legs and arms twisted just enough for its head to rear around its torso it looked straight at us Ugh. I got a very good look at its face as I wasn't um, as I wasn't yet in flight mode. Its eyes weren't pits per se, but they definitely had something off about them. Uh, the mouth hung open, but it didn't. I didn't get a good look inside. Its nose didn't protrude like a human nose, but rather looked like nostril holes in the face near where a nose should be. After about three seconds of eye contact with us, it began to move. It took two very exaggerated yet somewhat speedy steps with its arms, turning itself in our direction. I did not react. I was thrown into a sort of disbelieving trance. I had heard stories of monster sightings and things on the internet all the time, but actually seeing one in person had me questioning everything. I won't say I wasn't scared. I was terrified. But the fear was vastly overshadowed with wonder as to what the hell I was seeing. Mm -hmm. 
My friend in the seat right of me quickly snapped me out of my trance by yelling the word go and tugging my arm. I started the car and reversed out of there faster than I knew I could. None of us looked back. We were too scared. Needless to say, we didn't go anywhere near my house that night. Two months or so after the incident, about two months ago as I'm writing this, I brought it back up to one of, my, uh, one of the friends who was with me that night. We had never discussed it, not even the night it happened, because we were just too terrified and wanted the story and the thing as far away from us as possible. Hmm. Uh, but I wanted to know if what we saw was real. I couldn't spend any more time questioning myself about it. I proposed to the friend that he and I go into separate rooms and draw what we saw. We also texted the other friend who was there to do the same. When we put the three pictures together, we were horrified. We'd all drawn the same thing. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> In the attached image, the one I drew was on the bottom. We all agreed that that is the one closest to what the actual thing looked like. I will say, by the description, have you heard of the movie A Quiet Place? Is that the most recent one? With um, the guy who played Jim on The Office? Yes. The most recent trailer, have you seen it? No. The, the creature they described matches the description of a quick glimpse of the monster in that movie. Okay. We'll have to watch it in a minute. Sounds or good. Or later on. Yeah. Okay. So, Looking here are their pictures. So, this, the friend who texted them, his picture. Are these guys like six one. years old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the one that the, the poster drew. They, that they agree that that one looks the most like the thing they saw. Oh, God. And it's this awful, long, stock-like thing with a kind of skeletal-looking face. Underneath the street. Wow, it's kind of amazing that they all... Wait, go up again? That one looks a little more artful than, like, dancing. Yeah, that one's a little... It's, like, from the backseat. Yeah. Wow. But they all have very similar characteristics to them. So, yeah, they all saw the same thing. That's pretty cool. And the thing they saw? uh, Pretty gross. Pretty gross looking. After it was verified that we actually all saw the thing, I tried harder than ever to figure out what it was. I thought it resembled the rake, as I had heard many creepypastas describing that. But it was far taller than any description of that. Next, I thought Wendigo. The story took place in Minnesota, about 100 miles from Lake Superior, so I guess that counts as Wendigo territory. <laughs> also, for what it's worth, my dad recently took a DNA test. We're in Wendigo territory. <laughs> proving that we are Dakota Sioux and Ojibwe. The Ojibwe are one of the Algonquin people who have Wendigo as part of their folklore. Yet, I still haven't heard the description of one quite matching the height or limb length of the thing I saw. If this story gets any attention, some ideas as to what it is, um, what it is I saw, would be very valued and appreciated. Until then, I guess it's just a mystery. Wow, that is spooky. Yeah, so this was posted a couple weeks ago. They created their whole Reddit account just to post this story to try and figure out what was happening. Um, they found hmm. the subreddit, which is the place where all these kind of stories seem to be the most of. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, people piled on saying what they think it is, just kind of confirming, oh, it's one of these things. Oh, it's one of these things. There's a lot of just different. Stuff people have said they saw. Another right. account's like, oh, I saw something similar. It went like this. Like a great many of the stories I've brought up on this show, this one centers around an encounter with some kind of creepy-ass pale humanoid <laughs> thing. And we ain't talking about either of us. He's right. More often than not, you and I find ourselves describing the imagery of these creatures as ghoulish. Ghoulish. So I thought to myself... I say, Jacob, old chap, why not just go right ahead and examine the folkloric ghoul itself, What? I have a very specific inner monologue. It's interesting to hear you drop your podcasting voice to use your normal voice in that way. (laughs) I didn't think you were going to for the show, but... So this led me to another one of the staples of this show, and that is, of course, our heavy reliance on the Cryptids Wikia for researching basically anything we cover. Mm. Uh, Here's what they have to say on this topic. A ghoul is an Arabic folkloric creature associated with graveyards and consuming human flesh. 
The oldest surviving literature that mentions ghouls is Arabian Nights, or A Thousand and One Nights, I think it's also called. Uh, The term was first used in English literature in 1786 in William Beckford's Orientalist novel Vatek, which describes the ghoul of Arabian folklore. Originally, in pre-Islamic times, the males were called Kutrub and females called Gula. Ghouls from the Arabic ghoul, that's G-H-U-L, from Gala to seize. You could even say Gahul. Gahul. <laughs> Mark Kramer and others believe the term to be entomologically related to Galu, a Middle mm. Eastern demon. In mm. Babylonian and Assyrian mythology, the Galus, also called Galas, were great demons that roamed the streets, hiding in dark corners or deserted places. Mm. According to Morris Jastrow's Religion of Babylonia and Assyria, the Galu lurked in remote or hidden places like graves, mountaintops, and in the shadows of ruins. Hmm. They would go out at night, enter homes through holes and crevices, and torture Ugh. their victims. Ugh. Yeah. The Gulu were said to be so frighteningly hideous that they were associated with nightmares. <laughs> they were also known to drink the blood and devour the flesh and bones of their victims. Naturally. In ancient Arabian folklore, uh, the Ghoul, which in Arabic translates literally to demon, dwells in burial grounds and other uninhabited places. Hmm. Uh, so already you can see the similarities in the myth between right, these two right. different kind of entomological... Uh, ento- etymo- entomological. <laughs> uh, etymological terms. Mm-hmm. See what our backgrounds are. <laughs> <laughs> the ghoul is a fiendish type of jinn believed to be sired by Iblis. Now that sentence requires a bit of unpacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iblis <laughs> is, in Islam, the equivalent of Satan in Christianity. It sounds like a spicy jinn. Yes. A cast out of heaven, became a much bigger jerk, also the ultimate form of evil, etc. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> yes. Gets fewer letters from dyslexic children than his Christian counterpart, thankfully. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, jinn, meanwhile, are a broad, <laughs> a broad term describing spirits of different sorts. This includes demons, other creatures, and also the anglicized subgroup, genies. Mm-hmm. Jinn are not purely spiritual in nature. They have a physical form with physical needs, like sleep and food. Mm. The latter is particularly important to our jinn of the day today. Hendrix. A ghoul is sometimes described as a desert-dwelling, shape-shifting evil jinn that can assume the guise of an animal, especially a hyena. That's appropriate. Mm, yeah, for sure. For the kind of stuff it's supposed to do. Right. It lures unwary people into the desert wastes or abandoned places to slay and devour them. The creature also preys on young children, drinks blood, steals coins, and eats the dead, then taking the form of the person most recently eaten. Oh, boy. In the Arabic language, the female form is given as gule, and the plural is gilan. In colloquial Arabic, the term is sometimes used to describe a greedy or gluttonous individual. Hmm. The name thus developed a little closer to what we say now. Although one thing we don't do is call greedy or gluttonous individuals ghouls, and I am of the strong <laughs> opinion that that needs to change. <laughs> Ghoul in chief, am I right? Yes. Uh, ghouls who are well-fed on human flesh are indistinguishable from normal humans. The longer a ghoul goes without feeding, the less human it looks. Mm-hmm. So a ghoul in the later stages of starvation will be extremely thin and pale, with veins clearly visible through the like skin. kind of like vampire uh, and will, lore as well. Yeah, and will have long, claw-like nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of what you a picture when you think of a ghoul is one that hasn't been fed a human in a while. Mm-hmm. Ghouls can take on the abilities and appearance of any person whose body they have eaten. Uh, ghouls must eat human flesh on a regular basis in order to survive. A ghoul who denies his hunger for flesh for too long will begin to suffer the physical effects of starvation, hmm. even if he eats other food, and will suffer mental deterioration. 
As the condition grows worse, the ghoul loses all semblance of humanity altogether, turning into a complete monster. There is a TV show that involves a, like, private investigator who's, like, a zombie who eats, like, people's brains and she, like, gets their knowledge. Oh. Or whatever. That sounds familiar. I can't remember what it's called. It might be iZombie, actually. It might be. But, uh, it's goofy. It sounds pretty goofy. (laughs) And ghoulish, I guess. Yes. Um, (laughs) one thing that's interesting about this particular fact of ghouls is it's basically the exact opposite logic applied to the Wendigo mythos. Hmm. So the idea there is that you eat more, you get hungrier, kind of. Eat more and and become more and more More of the monster. monster. Whereas in this case, you eat more and you you seem more human, but if you don't eat the humans, then you seem like you become more of a monster. Right. Uh, Different people in different parts of the world have, I guess, different ideas about what an evil cannibalistic being might be like. Still the same kind of fear of that creepy breaking natural law sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. There are several theories regarding where ghouls are supposed to come from. The three most common are that ghouls are a type of demon, uh, the result of demon and human crossbreeding, or normal humans who suffer from an ancestral curse. Sounds about right. Yep. Because ghouls are able to take on the form of any human whose flesh they have eaten, those who are careful to conceal their eating habits can operate in human society. Hmm. Even if they are caught, ghouls are often initially mistaken for human cannibals, with their true nature only revealed when they are deprived of human flesh. Oh, guys, it's okay. He's not a cannibal. He's just a ghoul. Okay. (laughs) We were worried. God, it was creepy for a second there, but... (laughs) So here's a nonsense paragraph for you. Please. Some civic rights activists have suggested that allowing an imprisoned ghoul to become a ravenous beast due to hunger constitutes cruel and unusual punishment. However, in a small number of cases, <sighs> mental deterioration of the affected prisoners versus the disturbing nature of the alternative have prevented any real legal exploration of the question today. What? Wait, I, what? I do, however, morbidly look forward to the court case Ghoul versus Texas. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume it'll be Texas where a ghoul is starved in a prison. Yeah. First. Um, <laughs> in order to avoid starvation, a ghoul needs to consume an enormous amount of human flesh, 10 to 15 pounds per day. Really not sure where this figure Who comes from. Who did the metrics on that? Yeah, really. Pretty sure the answer is it comes from nowhere. Um, <laughs> 10 to 15 pounds a day, depending on the size on of the average, ghoul. yes. While most ghoul children are raised on human flesh... Ghoul children? Yes. They do not seem to suffer the effects of deprivation until they reach puberty. Do they go to ghoul school? Yeah, I don't know. So only after puberty do they start to have the effect of turning into a monster if they don't eat human flesh for too long. Ghouls out for summer. At this point, I'm pretty sure there's a textbook about ghouls that someone's just not giving to me. I don't know. Although ghouls reproduce normally, some ghoul families believe that it is necessary to breed with humans in order to prevent their bloodlines from becoming inbred to the point of weakness. Oh my goodness. Families who follow this tradition typically believe that offspring between a human and a ghoul will only be produced if the human has first been buried alive or imprisoned in a crypt for at least 24 hours prior to mating. What? Okay, so now we're back to the stuff that's just common knowledge. Uh, uh, it is not known whether or not there is any truth to this uh, superstition or if the children who result from such unions become ghouls. I think the only superstitious part of that statement is whether or not this is the best <laughs> way to sire more ghouls. Everything else, <laughs> everything else 100% checks out. <laughs> uh, human women impregnated by male ghouls are typically held captive until the child is born, then killed and eaten. I mean... <laughs> 
Human men who mate with female ghouls have a considerably shorter expected lifespan, oh. but mostly because of heart disease. It's totally unrelated to the ghoul part. <laughs> no talk of creepy stuff like this would be complete without a hoaxalicious supposed sighting video or two of a ghoul. Oh, boy. So let me hit you with them now. Yeah, buddy. Let me see that shit. Invested by technology again. Yeah, we just recorded. Um, we had to pause to get this plugged in to play the video, and unfortunately, <laughs> what we recorded did not save. So, oh. Wyatt, we'll be seeing this for the second time now, and we can talk about it. All right, so this first video, i turn it down. My precious, precious first reacts. Oh, I know the, the purity of your, uh, of your virgin reactions. <laughs> so this, this first video is a one-minute clip of some men looking through the woods with flashlights for some reason. It's shot in night vision. It's pretty low res. They're walking around. Um... They're seeing just like they're, they're looking like at on expedition. Stuff. It seems like they're tracking something. We don't have any explanation for why this is happening. Uh, date on screen says 2006. Not too long ago. Looking at some bushes. Something's happening. Mm. And so you see Ooh. something. They just they zoom in on it some. Seems like it's kind of crouched over figure. They zoom in some more. Still crouched Ooh. over. And then Ooh, <laughs> it suddenly turns, looks at the camera, its eyes light up in the camera, and they, they run away. End of video. I still so don't like it. It's quite creepy. Uh, the second video is a much longer video that I'll just jump through. It's apparently shot by a guy through his screen door while watching a quote-unquote evil creature in his backyard. Ooh. So you can see just the shape of it kind of in the background there. And uh, I'll jump ahead to where it's getting closer. It's just shambling up a storm. In the background there, just kind of oh, watching him. It is so fucking creepy. The movements that it just—it's so some things about this that I find as red flags is the fact that this—it's shot on his iPad, it's sitting completely still. So he has like on a stand or something to keep it totally steady while he talks on the phone with his priest on speakerphone. In the window now, this thing's coming up to the steps in my backyard, Mike. Oh my god! It's like a weird demonic-looking thing. <laughs> so he doesn't sound as freaked out as he probably ought to be for what it is. Especially I would be at a loss for words if I was actually experienced. I would especially if you feel gone. the need to call your priest. You'd, you'd be like, oh, it seems like some kind of a demon in the backyard. He seems like some weird demonic thing out here. So, yeah. Um, it's shot through his screen door, so it's very obscured by that, which kind of helps cover up. Is this a person in a costume? His we don't know. naked next-door neighbor. Naked next-door neighbor just kind of looking around. You're on record. It's Everything's recording now. It's It's... I can see the thing. It's like looking around weird. <laughs> so just without the sound oh. on, this is a very creepy video. It's to see it's what's so happening. It's creepy. so uh, I watched it first with no sound, <sighs> and it's just the movements. It's like Thirty-five feet away, and it, it it's oh it my god. You know I really hate about? looking at it so much. It's so unpleasant, <laughs> but then when you hear it, it's just like this is just dumb. I you know it's almost a mercy that the guy is so fucking fake because yeah, so if bad. I didn't hear if this was just like security cam taken from home, I'd be like. Someone saw some shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not feeling comfortable anymore. <laughs> it, it backs away into the shadows. I mean, whoever they have doing it for it, whoever the actor is for it, is uh, doing a good they know what job they're doing, yeah. with the... Uh, here it is, backs into the shadows. The creature movements, the creature movements are and stuff, yeah. just gruesome. Eventually shambles back into the light again. You might even call kind of ghoulish, I'd honestly say. <laughs> so as uh, the priest starts saying like prayers and stuff, the thing starts to kind of freak out. 
I am putting it on mute for that because eventually it's like what really seems to. Oh, it's getting closer. Set, it's getting closer, and then God, it starts, then so starts saying prayers, and then it starts to kind of freak out, and the movements are really unpleasant. With it's no just sound. like kind of seizing and it's like kind of seizing and jittering. slowly backing away out of the light, and then eventually um, it seems like it's in some kind of pain or something from what's happening. Oh. At this point in the video, the the priest is speaking in tongues. Um, and it gets me into a kind of you ever like see someone start singing really badly in public and you feel embarrassed for them yeah. that's how I feel when I get to the part where he's speaking in tongues like this just I just don't just stop yeah so that is the other Google type video I found super it's, uh, creepy very creepy uh, are they real I don't know if they are god damn yeah um, right seriously hopefully they are not seriously but um oh my goodness just some Truly creepy stuff. We, so we, now we know some more about like, all the different ghoulish type things we keep hearing tell of and sightings of and stuff. It is very interesting to hear the like backstory and lore on Isn't all it those. Neat? It's very yeah. cool. I saw some dis- interesting descriptions of how the ghoul itself is kind of a personification of the fear of like the just the kind the of scares of the, yeah. Yeah, of the desert, especially you know, where it came from originally in, in you know Arabian mm-hmm. folklore. Mm-hmm. The idea of just what kind of terrorists lurk out in the desert where you right, obviously right. die, and it's it's a very kind of unknowable, kind of like the middle of the ocean where there are monsters there too. Yes, the, indeed. The Arub Akhali Desert is the name of the hmm. desert in the middle of the um, Arabian Peninsula, mm-hmm. and it takes up most of the middle of that whole landmass. And Such so it's a, like the same kind of incomprehensibly like vast, huge, yeah. The and it's all just sand. So you go out there, you will just die if you don't right. if you aren't prepared. And so it's a scary place. It, what lies out there? You exactly. Know? Anything. And so, and so the idea of the ghoul, like what's what's something really scary that could kind of mm-hmm. make flesh that kind of fear? And it's nice. like oh, this this like sort that. of creature thing. And the idea that it hungers for human flesh that is often found in graveyards, hiding in the shadows, waiting to eat corpses, all this right, stuff. Right, uh, It's just, just generally just things that will always scare it's, us. It's cool, too, because it's striking me now as almost like a perfect way to um, permeate the warning of do not fucking go into the desert on your own. Yeah, or any of these other places like, you know, right. ruins Don't or mountains, places here. where like, it's these not are safe to be. Just dangerous places. And I like, too, that... As it can assume a human form, it naturally builds into the culture, I would presume, that if someone suddenly came around and they were like, hey, man, you want to go to the desert? Which is just a bad idea, and it could be innocently offered, but you could be like, are you a fucking ghoul, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Quit quit being such a ghoul. You probably want to eat my bones. Or at least you're just really greedy and gluttonous. Yeah, stop being so greedy and gluttonous, suggesting we go into the desert. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, no, anyway. So it's the history cool. of it is really cool. What I find and will always find very weird is the sightings people have to this day of creatures like this and just mm-hmm. how, like, is it just that's a particular type of pareidolia that exists for us where we we see something we don't quite process and we see it as this horrible, creepy right. humanoid thing? Right, Or are there some kind of friggin' monsters out there? I don't. I, obviously, I don't think there actually are <laughs> monsters out there, but I'm wondering why so many people so far and why see such similar things right. that are so far off from, oh, you just saw a guy. Like, it's this weird right. <laughs> like, humanoid, like, four-legged way too tall kind of beastie human yeah like just pale creep 
yeah, stuff people see like that that just doesn't sound like, like oh. that wasn't just a person. No, indeed. What, like, so what else could explain it? So that part of it is what holds the kind of mystique for me. That well, what also kind of creeps me out so much is that description those kids had of that illustration or whatever, what they, whatever they saw and the illustration that went with their description, I should say, lines up so much with that video you put up with the... What is it? The White Walkers? The White Creeper Crawler Oh, guys? Those, there's different names for them. Crawlers. The Crawlers, um, yeah. Flesh Gates. I don't know if they actually consider the same thing Flesh or not. Flesh Gate, I think, is its own. Flesh Gate is... A, is a, they look similar, but right. act differently. It's a whole different thing. But just these... But that, that the pale humanoid creatures Closed things. camera footage or whatever it was. Closed circuit... Thing from the... Uh, the, right, the UK highway, highway the UK. crossing the road, yeah. I mean, the description there is... It's very similar. It's and very similar. And then also follows up with the woman who saw these things on her horse ranch yeah. for a while, and they just, like, gallop around. Oh, God. <laughs> gives me the uh, ghoul bumps, <laughs> if you will. Ugh. <laughs> 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 So there you have it. There are um, <laughs> that's a good summation of the show. I'm I pretty think. sure, not just this episode, but this <laughs> yeah. entire show so far. We thank you so much for joining us for yes, this indeed. long. If you're joining us for the first time, now you know what you're getting yourself yeah, into. Yeah, exactly. As always, we always we welcome your uh, your own stories of weird things you've seen or heard gargling indeed, in the indeed. woods next to you. Um, send a, mm. your stories to either our Facebook or contact at superduperstitious.com. Um, we will read them on the air. We, we have one we will do soon, in Yeah, fact. very soon indeed. So yeah. bear with us. In the meantime, uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. See Thanks you then. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.